0: Good morning, this is Gabriella with Soaring Eagle Ministries. Um, Praise the Lord for this new beginning of a new week, Monday morning. Hallelujah. I've just been really pressing into God, pressing in, and just hearing what the Spirit is saying for this hour, and I am just thankful. I'm just really overflowing with thankfulness to our Heavenly Father, to Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit who is giving us access, you know, access through the blood of Jesus to come into the throne room of God. And I just want you this morning just breathe in heaven. Breathe in heaven and exhale on this earth. You know, we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus even now. So we can breathe in heaven and as we exhale, just uh, think about it that way that you just exhale heaven into this earth realm. Amen. On earth as it is in heaven, his will be done. God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven, in our sphere of influence, in our lives. I just want to start with prayer and thank the Lord for his presence. Father, I just thank you. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Grateful. I'm just grateful for your presence. I'm grateful for what you're doing in our lives, Father, and that you touch everyone that is listening to this call, that is part of the chat, Father. Those who are, it's going to be recorded, so those who are going to be listening to it later on, Father, I just thank you that there's an outpouring of glory in this hour. There's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, a refreshing in the holy spirit and direction and revelation father I thank you for revelation knowledge to be released upon all of us father as we're listening to the holy spirit as we're listening to what the lord is saying to us mm. in this hour individually and corporately so father i thank you that we have ears to hear eyes to see what the spirit is saying in jesus name amen hallelujah Now, this is the second week that we're doing this Delight in the Father of Glory. It is not just a Bible study, but it's also an activation. It's designed for discipleship. It's really designed for people who are just starting out with the Lord and others that have been walking with him for a long time. Because I believe it's like the new wine and the old wine. You know, everything is important, the new wine and the old wine. Because when new people come into the Lord, they're usually bubbling over with the excitement of the Lord, and we need that. So I just want to receive from the new wine and to receive from that what God is doing right now, but also the old wine, those who become more mature, it's very important to become further mature in him. And to walk, to walk together, these different generations, different people in Christ. Some of them are just coming in as babies, and some of them been walking with Him for a long time. So hallelujah! And that's what we've been starting to do: is delighting ourselves in the Father of Glory. And uh, we're at the third week, and um, I just want to give a little recap. And before I do that, I want to focus on some of the meditations that we've been doing. We also have a Tuesday morning class here in the Jacksonville area. And uh, the meditation that we do is just meditating on the Word of God. That is our meditation. We focus on the Lord. We focus on His Word. And the first one that we're going to do this week is Psalm 119, verse 1. And that's in the Amplified And when I just when I'm going to read about this, it's going to be personalized because we want to meditate on it, but we also want to declare these scriptures over us. It starts with I am blessed, which means happy, fortunate, and to be envied, because of instant repentance and I'm undefiled, upright, truly sincere and blameless, because I walk in the way of the revealed will of God. And walk, order my conduct and conversation. So I walk in the way of the revealed will of God, and I also walk, so I order my conduct and conversation in the whole of God's revealed will. I really like that because it just gives more of a substance that I want to walk in the revealed will of God. And I also want to walk according to, you know, my whole conduct and conversation lines up not with the worldly things, but with the things that God has revealed, his revealed will in my life. And again, that is Psalm 119, verse 1, and the amplified, and I have personalized it. So you're always welcome to do that all week. Just confess that over yourself and declare that that we are going to line up with His will and His purposes, and we will conduct ourselves accordingly. Because there's a difference. We walk not as the world walks. You know, we walk and we uh, focus on the Lord, and we walk according to His purposes. Then I also want to share a dream I had. Uh, You probably remember last week I was praying over people to have more dreams and visions and and insights and revelation. Well, I had a dream Friday night, and it was really interesting. It was a lady came to my door, and was my front door, and I came and opened up the door. So she tried to make me come out of my house. You know, she ran ahead and and she acted like there was something I needed to help with. So I came out of my house. And uh, I was looking and seeing what I was supposed to do, but she was so swift that she turned around and she ran right back into my house and closed my front door. So I couldn't really get in at that moment. And I also noticed that there was a lady already waiting at the back door. And I'm sure the first lady that came into the front door opened up to the lady at the back door to come in. So I was standing there, and and all I remembered, I realized that, um, no, then I ran to my neighbor for help, actually, and I didn't get any help there. Of course, I didn't have my phone with me because I didn't carry it on me when I was outside because I was going to call 911. I was going to call the police because I thought there was going to be a burglary. So... um, You know, the Lord reminded me that I have a keypad uh, outside of my door. You know, I don't need a key. Uh, We installed it probably last year. And I just have a, um, you know, numbers I punch in. I have the combination to that door to open it up without a key. So actually that's a key that's always there. And I was able to get back into my house. And then the whole dream stopped, and I really had to stop and pray about it. But I realized, you know, we have the key to the kingdom of God. And this was really a spiritual dream. It wasn't just about the women coming to burglarize, but it was more than that. What they were trying to do is just like the enemy, he tries to take us out of that secret place of the Most High. You know, we're supposed to dwell in that. We're supposed to abide in Him and make Him our dwelling place. So my house was literally representing the dwelling place and the sacred place of the Most High. And the enemy always wants to lure us out of that sacred place. He wants to have us come outside of the the you know the covering of God. And I was thinking about Song of Solomon. That, you know, his banqueting table, he he brings us to his banqu- banqueting table and his banner over us is love. And we under that banner of protection. We're under that love of God. And, you know, we're not supposed to come out from under that banner, so to speak. So I got some scriptures, which was really interesting. And one of them was um, in Genesis 4, 6, and 7, you know, where Cain and Abel, Cain was really upset, and the Lord asked him, you know, why are you angry, Cain? And, you know, his countenance changed. You could see that he was angry on his face. And then in verse 7, the Lord said to him, sin is at your door, and its desire is to have you. His, the, the sin's desire is for you. And but you should rule over it. And I'm like, that's so interesting because it is at the door sometimes. You know, we are always walking in Christ, but it's, so to speak, the enemy, you know, he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So he's always kind of grouching at our door, so to speak. And again, that's like a spiritual thing. And it's the sin that wants to overtake us. The sin has a desire for us to fall into, but, you know, we're desiring and we're delighting. Our desire is in Christ, and we delight in the Heavenly Father. And then I had another scripture in Hebrews 12:1 and 2, and I know most of you know that one by heart. And I'm going to read it. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So we are running away from sin. You know, we're laying aside every weight and every sin which so easily ensnares us. It wants to ensnare us so we look to the sinful nature and we don't look to the things of God where we're being taken out of our house so to speak and he wants to take out over our house you know the temple of the holy spirit but our physical home our physical body is the temple of the holy spirit and we keep it clean and we lay everything aside that ensnares us and tries to come in and overtake and that's why sin is crouching at the door and he and sin wants us to go with it and to 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 run away from God literally at that moment because then we're preoccupied with something else and when i think about Cain and Abel you know the lord himself spoke to Cain and he told him you know sin is crouching at his at your door but you have to master it you have to rule over it so we can make a decision of course we need the help of god and we have the Holy Spirit that can help us, and he is the one, the paraclete, he's the spirit of truth. He comes alongside of us, and he shows us things to come. So, you know, God was showing uh, Cain what he was walking in, but Cain did not take heed. He did not listen to God, and as soon as he had an opportunity, he killed his brother. And you know, now in the New Testament, we are under, the, not under the law, but we are under grace in Christ Jesus. But he wants us, you know, the Lord said, I set before you life and death, death and life, but choose life. <laughs> he tells us what to choose. So we choose the life of Christ. We choose a life that is um, engulfed in him. And of course, you know, when we do sin in First John one, he talks about that he's faithful and just. If we, if we ask for forgiveness, that he will forgive our sins and that he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So this is not for guilt or condemnation, but I believe this is really important, this whole dream. It was important to consider that when I delight in the Father, when I delight in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, I want to just really let everything else go, every weight, everything that encumbers me, that I forgive quickly, that I don't have any grudges against anyone, that there is no bitterness in me. You know, that there's no root of bitterness in me that will defile many. So there's a mighty release and that we can walk in heavenly places. We can walk and we can take charge and we can rule over it. We rule over what the enemy is trying to come against us. And that is by self-control. And that's in Galatians 5, one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So we're well able in the Holy Spirit to have self-control and to stand against and do not open up that door. (laughs) Don't even open up that door when sin is crouching at the door. Amen. I just wanted to release that this morning uh, because I believe that was a dream God has given me for a purpose. So um, now we're going to go on to um, a little recap of last week. And those who were on the call, or those who were in the Tuesday morning um, meetings here in Jacksonville on the North Side, uh, we had a really good tie, uh, time. And you know, just looking at the Father to the Father of Glory, and what that really means, like it says in Job 22:21. Now, acquaint yourself with Him and be at peace; thereby, good will come to you. And um, I also explained that when we acquaint ourselves, that also is translated that we are agreeing with God, and how important it is, how vital it is to agree with the Lord's purposes and understanding, and that we are his hand, handiwork, created in Christ Jesus for good works, um, so that we need to abide in him and to really dwell in him. So now today the heading is receive instruction, and the scripture that I'm using is Job 22:22. 22, 22. Receive, please, instruction from his mouth, and lay up his words in your heart. And I think it's so important that even Job 22:22, 22, 22, that number 22, has been coming up, and we know about Isaiah 22:22 22, 22, that talks about the key of David. You know, to lock. To, buy, to, to lock doors that no man can open and to shut doors that no man can, um, no, to lock doors that no, to open doors that no man can lock and to shut shut doors that no man can open. That's the way. And then also in Revelations 3, 7, it talks about that key of David and the same there. Um, how important it is, you know, that's even unlocking treasures and unlocking revelations and insights and mysteries, because all mysteries are hidden in Christ Jesus, and we are in the kingdom of God, we're part of the kingdom of God, and that those instructions and those insights, they are our lifeline, so to speak, because without those instructions, it's hard to really follow the footsteps of Jesus, isn't it? And um, I, I talk about there that, you know, even Jesus in the wilderness, when he was tempted by the devil for those 40 days when he was fasting, that he was uh, tempted by the devil, he tried to entice Jesus, to turn the stones into bread, because we can only imagine how hungry, you know, not having any food. And there it is again, even food, the, the desires that the, what we really need he was tempted. He was tried and tried, only tried. You know, Jesus could not be tempted. <laughs> God cannot be tempted, amen? So Jesus replied by quoting the word of God, and, and it's just amazing that, and I'm going to read this in Matthew 4, 4, in the Amplified, because we have to understand that the Father still speaks. And see, what Jesus replied was, it has been written, Man shall not live and be upheld and sustained by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. God still speaks. You know, he has the Logos, that is the word of God. And and many times we have the Rhema, which is a particular word in the Bible that speaks to our situation and brings life to our situation and brings an answer to our question. So that he still speaks, and sometimes he speaks, um, I've heard them audibly. I've heard them call my name. Um, you know, and if you consider in John six sixty three, Jesus said, the words I speak to you are spirit and life. So the words that he speaks to us, they bring the spirit of God, and they bring life to us. They bring, a, bring life. Jesus Christ came to give us life, and life more abundantly, so that life of God is breathed in us, and it brings things to life within us that we may have never seen before. But God brings it to life, and you know, I was reading, writing in this book in that Bible study that personally He has given me directions, but I have not found a book in the Bible with my name on it. Now, giving me personal direction, for instance, he hasn't said, Gabrielle, I'm sending you to Cyprus in April to preach the good news of the kingdom of God. That's nowhere to be found in the Bible. But I can read in Isaiah 6, who will go for us? And Isaiah replies, here I am, send me. You know, I received my call to the nations through the Scripture. And now I'm open to prophetic revelation of the Lord's specific guidance in my life and ministry. You know, when I received that call, I was in my 20s, early 20s. That's how I received my call to the nations from the Lord. I was already, you know, born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit, walking with the Lord for many years. But yet that's when I received the calling to the nations. And Isaiah 6, you know, when Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train was filling the temple and he had this encounter and there, there was that coal, you know, where the angel came and he took that coal, the fiery coal, and he cleansed the lips of Isaiah. And Isaiah saw something and he understood, you know, when the Lord said, who, who shall we send? Who will go for us? And and Isaiah said, I will, I will, I will go for you. And he had a message to take to the people. And that's when I had that encounter and I said, yes, Lord, I will go wherever you sent me. And it was such a transformation in my heart, in my life, because I was on fire for that. I was like a torch lit and I I knew I would run through the nations holding up that torch and lighting up others for the glory of God and the fire of God to to be released over the nations so see he speaks to us still he speaks to us through the word and he speaks to us really intensely through dreams and visions and and he gives us those guidance in various ways, you know, by his word, by prophecy, by dreams, visions, signs, and messenger angels. And there's, I've written about examples how the apostles received directions, and one of it is in Acts 10, 9-48, and you may want to read about that later. But it's where Apostle Paul received directions through a vision while praying on the rooftop. And you probably all know that he fell into a trance. He was on the rooftop waiting for his food to be prepared. And he fell into a trance and the Lord showed him a sheet coming down with all these critters and insects. And and told him, you know, Peter, kill and eat. And of course Peter was a Jew. He couldn't do that. But it happened three times until he got the message uh, when God said, you know, don't call unclean what that's called clean. And that really opened up for the gospel to be preached to the Gentiles when Nicodemus sent someone to get Peter because Nicodemus also an angel came to him to tell him that he should be getting Peter to come to him. But just read it in Acts 27 because it's amazing. That was really changing something profound because they were only going at that time to preach to the Jews. But the Lord wanted to be preached to the Gentiles. So he had to do a shift in Peter, didn't he? Because Peter was set in his religious ways And the Lord said, no, I want to do something different. I want to do something new. And he had to bring it to him him during a trance. So I think that's pretty amazing. Then also the next one was in Acts 27. Well, let me just talk about the one in Acts 18.9. And the Lord said to Paul in a vision, do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent." So the Lord really gave him a direction because Paul was in a specific area. And again, get, go into Acts eighteen, starting in verse nine. And see this kind. This scripture also spoke to me years ago uh, when I was in um, New Jersey. You know, I grew up in Germany. I was born and raised in Germany. But then I met. Um, I was working for the U.S. Army in Germany, so I spoke English. I was a translator. That's when I I went to school for that. And I worked as a translator and administrator for the U.S. Army in Germany. That's how I met my husband. So this is how I came to the States. I mean, it was all in God's planning. And uh, we eventually, you know, we went from place to place. 20 years in the military was also for me to be prepared for the nation's. Um, but we ended up in New Jersey, and I was in a township um, near Hillsboro, Somerville, those who know New Jersey, and I didn't know anyone. So the first thing I did was I did a prayer walk. You know, I've walked all over the township of Hillsborough and really trying to find what God had me in this place for because, you know, nothing is by mistake. When you walk in the Lord, when you walk in the Spirit, when you belong to Him, nothing is a mistake. There's always something that He's trying to do, but I have to have ears to hear. So I was prayer walking. This is what we did in the early 90s, and we're still doing it, praise God. But that prayer walking just um, just gave me a heart for the township. It gave me a heart for the people. You know, when you start praying for a place all of a sudden your heart opens up and and you start loving those people and the lord started to talk to me that i needed to start a lighthouse for a glow international and uh, some of you probably know that ministry it's international it's been around for since 1964 i believe and it's in over 170 nations now it's an amazing ministry and i you know, I've learned a lot through that ministry. The Lord taught me a lot how to do leadership and how to even preach and and uh, start things and, you know, just wonderful field. And so the Lord said to me, you know, start in the glow. And I'm like, Lord, may I remind you, ha, 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 as if he doesn't know. I don't know anyone here. I wasn't really in a church at that time. I was even looking for a church there. And uh, the Lord said, yeah, but you, I will lead and guide you. So he exactly he did that. He was leading me, and he was leading me to different people. People came to me. I met people at one time. I take my son to school. And uh, I let him out, and the lady right in front of me, there was a van, and the Lord said, you need to stop her and you need to talk to her because she's somebody that's going to be part of that agro. And sure enough, she ended up being the vice president. So on and on it went. All Even our advisor, our male advisor for the ministry, I'm, it's him. He's a pastor in Hillsborough. So the Lord just put it all together, and he was really leading and guiding me with one eye upon him at all times, and the lighthouse was started. But he also gave me this scripture in Acts 18.9, um, because there was a lot of adversaries coming against me. You know, when you start something like that, the the enemy doesn't like it. So he said to me as well, do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent. And actually, Paul stayed in that place for a, a year and a half. If you look that up in the scripture, you know, when you re, um, read in verse 10, that um, he was staying there a year and a half and he was teaching the word. Well, that's what I exactly did. The Lord said exactly a year and a half. You started that glow you're training the new people, you're training them to take their positions, and then in a year and a half, you will move again, you know, military. So in that year and a half, I knew exactly what I had to do. I wasn't afraid because I knew the Lord was speaking to me. And would you believe it, exactly a year and a half later, we moved again. And the people were, you know, a new president, a new leader, was already in position. The Lord had already someone ordained for that position. And this is how glorious he leads and guides us. And I just wanted to share that because a lot of times we listen to the scriptures, we're listening to a sermon, but how are we going to really step out and do it? You know, how do we really take these scriptures and personally apply them to our life and walk them out in Christ? So I just want to encourage you to get this instructions from the Lord. His instructions are perfect, like it says in Psalm 19:7. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. Your soul will be revived because of His instructions. You get a refreshing in your soul. You get a refreshing in your spirit. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. You know, I was very simple. I didn't know what to do. But his wisdom came and his direction came. And I was liberated. I was free. You know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we talked about being influencers last week. I had a whole message on that. You know, that's one way, again, to influence others. No one could deny that when this glow was started, that it wasn't done by someone who's been in that place forever and a day. And they know, okay, yes, I have somebody in church. I know they could do worship. And that's fine, too. I'm just saying this was really supernatural and the other could be too. I'm just, you know, this was really um, a sign and a wonder that God, when God wants something to be done, He gets it done. And I want to be the one who has ears to hear to walk it out for Him in this hour. Amen. So, let's see. The next one, like I've already read the scripture in Psalm 19:7. The instruction of the lord, and then psalm thirty two eight and I quoted that just a little while ago, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye now that is just amazing that's really intimate when somebody's guiding you with your with with their eyes because growing up, I always knew my mother's instruction from her looks. <laughs> I don't know if you were in the same boat (laughs) my mother only had to look at me you know she would look at me a certain way and I received instruction from her gaze. no need to ask any questions because I knew what was asked of me so there was no embarrassment if we were out and about and we were visiting people uh, me sitting at the table and You know, my mother would just look at me before I even tried to do something that was foolish. And I, there was, it was so intimate. It was amazing. You know, I knew, okay, there's my mother's look. And that's how my Heavenly Father is. He looks at me a certain way, so to speak. There's such an intimacy. I can trust Him. And I know that He's not going to let me go astray as long as I yield to Him, as long as I look to Him. Isn't that wonderful? wow. You know, the Lord's instruction is designed to restore and refresh our soul. He provides wisdom for every decision we have to make. And he gives direction and strategies in times of trouble and need. You know, and I'm just asking you, have you asked the Lord for wisdom and instruction while making decisions? I'm sure you have. But, you know, maybe you want to write down later on, you know, share or write it down about receiving instruction and in the outcome. You know, when did you receive instruction from the Lord and what was the outcome? I just explained what happened to me in New Jersey. And even when I was moving from New Jersey to Jacksonville, that was another leading of the Holy Spirit because I've never been in Jacksonville, Florida, and the Lord... Uh, asked me to come to this city and I didn't know anyone, but I trusted him. I knew that was the leading of the Lord. And again, I tell you, not everybody is instructed like that, but I've been all over the world. And even as a little child, we moved from place to mo- place. So he already trained me for the calling I have. Not, you know, We all have different callings. So I'm not saying that someone else has to do what I'm doing. But you just have to listen to him. Because see, when I came to Jacksonville, Florida, it was God's destiny for me and my children. So bless God. um, He had a destiny and he had a purpose for that. And he has a purpose and a destiny for you. Okay, the next heading that I have is lay up and hide his words in your heart. And that's Psalm 119, 10 through 11. You may want to just write that down. And Psalm 1, 1 to 2, and Joshua, Joshua 1, 8. And, um, you know, these are the scriptures. They all talk about hiding up his words in our heart and to lay it up and and to not uh, sin against us. Like it says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. And um, that he teaches us his statutes. He's teaching, he's teaching us at all times by the Spirit. And you know, throughout my day, I may hear a scripture in my heart. I don't know if that happens to you, but uh, I um, meditate on his word, and then when the time is right, the the word will come up in my heart, it will come up in my mind, and sometimes it's to really warn me from imminent danger. And um, while other times, it is for my encouragement or for guidance. But it is always God breathed and brings the above scripture to life, the scripture that I just told you. You know, I I meditate on the scripture that means to reflect upon and to co- contemplate or think about it. You know, we keep thinking about the scripture. Meditating will cause scripture to dwell in us, and it literally does because we store it up in our heart and in the due time you know he said just open up your mouth and i will fill it but it is because it's already dwelling in us so it kind of comes up from the innermost being um, and it just literally comes alive when he speaks a word because these are living words you know hebrews four twelve. his word is like a two-edged sword it's sharper than a two-edged sword. I mean, it's sharp and it it divides. And I like to say it that way, just to simplify it, it divides between the flesh and the spirit. You know, it divides between, okay, am I walking in my flesh, in my own will, in my own desires? Am I opening up the door to sin? Or am I walking in the spirit? Am I walking in self-control and love, joy, and peace, and all the other, you know, there's nine of them in Galatians 5. And that's a good parameter to go by. So, you know, I personally, I like to hold scriptures in my heart as I linger in his presence, you know. So I just sit in his presence and I linger just like Joshua lingered in the presence of the Lord. And we, we linger with him because the that scripture that we hold in our heart is like Mary. And she was told what was going to happen to her, that Jesus was going to be birthed, that she will be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. My goodness, she couldn't go out there and blab it. <laughs> oh, no, she had to really ponder it in her heart. And she had to hold it in her heart. But then, you would know, we could consider that God's word. Stirs a hunger in us, you know, if we linger and we hold that scripture in our heart it stirs a hunger for the Lord and all He has said and done. It just it's like more coal on the on the fire, so to speak. Um And again I'm talking about the, the scripture in John six sixty three that the spirit gives life and the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So we got to stay in the life of Christ. And therefore, we can believe for an impartation of his abundant life and spirit to burn deep within us as we're absorbing the revelation of his word in our hearts. It's a deep burning. It's a deep calling unto deep. And something happens within us. We're transformed because of the renewing of our minds day by day by the washing of the water of the word. And that will bring a transformation from the inside out. You know, we seek him with our whole heart, not just half-heartedly. Okay, Lord, you know, whatever. Just, oh, I got five seconds for you. (laughs) No, (laughs) I want to be wholehearted, you know. I'm totally attentive to him and to get closer, and sometimes I find myself being a part of the parables he spoke of. You know, it all becomes real to me, and I receive fresh revelation. It is true that we prosper and are successful when we follow his promptings through his living word, there are promptings that come through His living Word and they give us life and life more abundantly. Now let me just explain what I say about that because I had a vision one day and I saw a very long hallway and there was pictures on on either side of that hallway and I would start walking down that hallway and as I stood in front of one of the pictures Um, I looked in that picture, you know, I looked intentionally, intensely, you know, and there's something about the intentions of our heart. And we, we gaze upon something intentionally, not just, okay, oh, that's a nice picture, let's just go on, but really intentionally stay with the Lord, intentionally look into what he's trying to tell us. And, you know, when I would do that, the picture would suddenly come alive, and it was almost like a movie. And, um, you know, the the Bible started to turn into a movie, that that picture. And I would see, for instance, when Jesus was feeding the 5,000, or another one was where Jesus was being baptized by John the Baptist, and that just, just came so alive. And not only was I able to watch the movie, but I also became part of it. It was like I was drawn into that parable. And much like a spectator who was able to smell and sense everything going on around, including the culture of the time, because when I was part of this, you know, I was visualizing the scripture, so to speak. And there is power in that, because when I'm part of it, I also... All of a sudden, I understand the culture. You know, you get the smells, the sounds. The Lord explains to you what really was happening when there was the 5,000. You know, can you just imagine being one of the 5,000 being seated down and um, receiving, receiving, and you see that there's only a loaf and a little fish from a little boy's lunch? And all of a sudden, all of these people are being fed and you're receiving that into your hands and you're partaking of that. You're literally eating what was done by God, what was a miracle. So it, it just becomes so real and personal. That's how Jesus wants us to be in the Word of God. It, you know, and it, it, it involves reading those passages and asking the Holy Spirit to help us Picturing the details and to picture how you personally fit into the scene. And I believe there's such a breakthrough when we do that. There's such a, yes, yeah, such a breakthrough because it, it just, you are in another place. You are in Christ. And, you know, in Him, there is no time frame. You know, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is no changing. There is, you know, there is no shadow of turning in him. Hallelujah. There's no shadow of turning in him. There's no shadow. Think about it. And the time in him, you know, the wheel within the wheel, you are in his timing. So the the present is like the future and the, the past for him. There is no time frame like we are in. So in Him, you can experience these things, and it's just a very holy thing before the Lord. It's not what the New Age is doing, because you're in the Spirit of God, and you're focusing on Jesus. So you're walking with Jesus, just like those two that walked on the road to Emmaus with Jesus, They all of a sudden had all of these revelations. So just picture yourself walking with Jesus, (laughs) sitting down with Jesus, and he will explain because he said, come to me, (laughs) those who are heavy laden and burdened, you know, and I will give you rest. But he said, learn from me. You know, he has a meek heart and... He's asking us to learn from him. So I take this literally. I said, okay, I come. I'm coming. I'm here. I'm receiving. So um, no need to be afraid. No need to wonder if this is something strange. But this is, he's bringing it alive. Again, spirit and life. His words are spirit and they are life. And you know, he's looking for those. Worshippers that worship him in spirit and truth. So, the Spirit of God is the Spirit of truth, and he will lead you into all truth. So, if you need to know the truth that is in the Word of God, he will lead you into that truth, and you will see, get nuggets and truth and mysteries released to you as you delight yourself in the Father of glory so praise god i'm could go on and on and on um but i, I hope you could get to the book. it might help you um but even without it, it just go through the scriptures and maybe you can read write down the scriptures. I also have rev Romans twelve one and two um, you can read that second corinthians ten five b we take captive, and this is talking about you know, renewing your mind and captivating every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ, every high and lofty thing. So um, we can bring it under the captivity of Christ Jesus. That's just another thing that comes alive because he's transforming us through the renewing of the mind. That's the next part that is um, talked about. Also, John 8.31, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. So, again, you're abiding in his word. Think about it. You're, is, is, this is what I was talking about. As you abide in him, you abide in his word, and it's the word that proceeds out of his mouth. It's the word that you're reading, but it's also the word that he's speaking to you. And that is truly, You will be truly his disciples. Because you really meditate in his word and have it come alive in you. So that there again is the agreement with and abiding in his word is vital for an overcoming life in Christ. To be his disciples, we are overcomers in Christ Jesus. We are more than conquerors in him, but we also need to agree with him, agree with and abide in his word. And that will bring us into that overcoming life because now we can walk it out, that life of Christ, in our everyday life. It becomes real. It's not that the sin that's crouching at the door, we will rule over it because we have revelation knowledge how to do that. That we can reign in life through him, Christ Jesus. And that is in Romans 5. You know, we reign in life, and that is through Christ Jesus. There's no more confusion, you know. We can't be double-minded. and That's when we look into His Word. The double-mindedness is taken from us. Because, you know, the Book of James talks about us. We will receive nothing from the Lord if we are in confusion. But if we remain in Him, we will have no confusion. We have His wisdom. As we ask Him for wisdom, we know He will give it to us. And then we... Um, he promised. Jesus promised to teach us and therefore we can know the perfect and acceptable will of the Lord. His acceptable will of the Father and walk in that. We're literally captivated. Like I, I keep saying that actually delight means... Let me go to that. Delight means to love someone greatly, to be fascinated, captivated, and attracted. We are fascinated by him. My goodness. (laughs) He fascinates me. He captivates me. His love captivates me. I have to run back to his love because it's so captivating. And he's so (laughs) attracted. I'm so attracted to the Holy Spirit. I'm so attracted to my Heavenly Father because there is life, 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 and life more abundantly. He never brings anything to us that puts us down you know, and if there is correction, I love the correction. When my father brings correction, when my heavenly father brings correction, I welcome it. I say, thank you, Lord, for the correction. Yes, Lord, I yield. And yes, Lord, I do not want to do this anymore. This is the correction of the Lord, and it brings life to us. So he is an overwhelmingly, amazingly real to me. You know, if there's nothing as real to me. The spirit realm, when we focus on the unseen, it's the unseen realm that's eternal. It's the temporal things that we see around us in the world that are not eternal. They are only temporal. You know, this house I'm living in, that might go away. Um, you know, but there will be a new Jerusalem. There will be a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem. The pride of Christ coming down. Hallelujah. The, the, the yes, the pride of Christ making herself ready for him to be without spot and wrinkles. Amen. And I can't wait for that day when I, we are just being connected in that but now we can do it by the Spirit. His Spirit will help us. His Spirit will lead and guide us. Amen? All right, let's see. To be captivated by Him. I just want to stop with that, to consider this. In order to change our mind successfully, we can intentionally renew our thought patterns and live out of the mind of Christ. It is much like "out with the old" and "in with the new." So I just want you to consider that, that you intentionally renew your mind. Intentionally, you want your thought patterns to be changed, because there's a lot of um, teaching out there about our thought patterns, when we have wrong thought patterns, that is literally like a, um, well, like a toxic thing in our mind. But when we transform our mind with the Word of God intentionally, then life comes in. You know, it brings forth the life of Christ, even in our thoughts. And what we, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So we definitely need to do that out with the old and in with the new, the new thoughts, the thoughts of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Then also, the last scripture I'm going to give you is 1 Corinthians 2 9 through 10. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. And that's just a wonderful because, again, we're delighting ourselves in the Father of glory. We want to know the deep things of God. We want to know his glory. We want to walk in his glory, at least I want to walk in God's glory, because I want to arise and shine for his light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon us. As the darkness is getting darker in the world, we are becoming more glorious and light the light of Christ is upon us. But see, here it is, a lot of people talk about, you know, I has not seen no ear have heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. You know, but then they stop right there. And it's almost like, okay, there's nothing we can attain. But no, if we love him, he said that God has revealed them to us through his spirit. So they could be revealed to you. And that's what this is all about. We want to know those things the deep things of God, that he wants to reveal to us that our eyes can be seeing. You know, Ephesians 1.17, we prayed that for years and years, but that our eyes are enlightened and that we can see what he's telling us and that we can hear what the Spirit is saying to us, that we have the knowledge, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus. So amen. I want to stop with that. And uh, I have written down how you can connect with us, connect with me. And I'm going to let go today. If somebody has a question, I know there's someone on chat. If you want to just write down anything, any questions, anything that you want to add, you're more than happy. Are uh, you more than happy to do that? But let me just pray, Father. I just thank you that every nugget, every thing that you release today, Father, that it will go deep into the hearts, our hearts, and Father, that it will be sealed by the Holy Spirit, Lord, that those seeds will bring forth hundredfold, yes, yes, hundredfold, because they're sown unto hearts that are prepared to receive the truth, and Father, I bless everyone that is speak that is listening to this, I bless them right now, and I thank you, Father, that you let your that you let your face know that you shine upon their face, God. I can't even say it correctly. (laughs) That your glory is shining upon their face right now, Father. That you're releasing your glory upon them, Father, and that you give them wisdom and understanding in a greater measure, Father. And again, dreams and visions revelation knowledge of jesus christ to be released this week as you delight in the father of glory amen with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry